0: This is Eastern North Carolina's longest sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, The Gavigan Agency, Pepsi, Seared chop House, Tap Tap, and Hagler tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. And now, here's Brian Bailey.
1: Okay, happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into our show as we talk Pirate baseball today. Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, is live in the studio with us as we dissect the disappointing weekend for East Carolina as the Pirates drop all three games to a very good Bryant University club. The Bryant Bulldogs come to town and take three from East Carolina. Austin is alongside. We'll take a commercial break right now, and we'll come back, and we'll begin to look at the three games. Coming up. Back to this.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. East Carolina drops all three games to Brian over
1: the weekend. Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, nice enough to join us as we go through the games and talk about pitching for East Carolina. Pirates uh, We're ranked 25th today by D1 Baseball, so Pirates stay in the national rankings, although I know Cliff Godwin doesn't care about that at all. He just wants to see this team get itself right and I think they will uh, let's talk about first of all before we go back in time let's go forward uh, Campbell coming up and that's going to be more of a bullpen type game for you guys.
2: Yeah that's right and uh, thanks for having me first off Brian yeah. uh, I appreciate it and yeah you know you look at Tuesday this past weekend went through a lot of guys and so uh, going into the middle of the week it's how are guys feeling, are they healthy, uh, more than likely we'll start Carter Spivey on the mound and he'll be on a, a strict pitch count and then go from there and probably see a lot of faces tomorrow in, the, in that game against Campbell.
1: And next weekend for the Carolina series, the plan right now is to go with the same rotation, though that could change. Absolutely. Uh,
2: Coach Godwin and I haven't sat down and talked about right. it just yet. Uh, we're going to evaluate where we're at in the middle of the week and what's going to give us the best chance to, to compete and win games next weekend and, and go from there.
1: All right. The elephant in the room obviously is the Carson Wilson Hunt situation, and all we know on this end is that Coach Godwin said last night that he would not be available for Campbell or the three Carolina games. It's a very fluid situation. Uh, it's very unfortunate, obviously, for everybody involved, but we all have to just kind of be patient to see how it all works itself out. So for right now, it's the next man up, and that's what you guys are doing as a pitching staff, right?
2: Yeah, that's accurate, and it's exciting for a lot of guys on the pitching staff from the standpoint. Of there's a lot of young guys that you guys got to see this weekend that are very talented. And- and they're thrown into some roles where they're going to get experience quick and you know it's exciting for a pitching coach it's, it, it's going to add depth in the long run and get some guys some valuable time on the mound and so uh, yeah it's like you said next man up and uh, we're just going to keep, keep going.
1: And we'll also take your questions or comments on our Facebook live page if you have anything at all you'd like to ask or, or comment on please feel free to do that and I'll keep an eye on that let's go through the three games in the series Bryant knocks off East Carolina in the opener 10-2. Uh, it was one of those just kind of weird games. East Carolina had a chance to score a run in the first, you know, off after the triple. Didn't get that run home, and then it kind of, you know, the two run homer by Alex Lane kind of set this tone for, for Bryant to pull the upset in game one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It sure did. I think that was a big momentum swing in the first inning, and then we come out in that second inning and give up a two-run home run. And, you know, it's opening day, and Garrett saylor has got a lot of adrenaline, and it really wasn't himself for the, the beginning of the game. I thought he, he got into a little bit better of a rhythm as the game went along. But the thing with, with uh, Garrett is that the, the whole preseason and fall, he's he's been a great sinker ball guy and, you know, very efficient with his pitching. And, and you look back on the – on the film from the beginning of the game there on Friday, he's, he's cutting the ball a little bit, and you know I think that just has to do with adrenaline and being excited and and, and probably trying to do a little bit too much. But uh, I did think he, he settled in and, and really gave us a chance to to move on to the latter half of the game and so have
1: an ch- opportunity to win the game. Well, things get different when the lights come on sometimes, don't they? For everybody, they
2: absolutely do. They absolutely do. And uh, you know we we try to, you know we really coach guys on the middle game as much as possible and get them prepared for those moments. But it, it really Really takes the experience and getting out there and doing it is it's really important.
1: Sailor goes four innings, gave up four hits, four runs, struck out five, walked two. The big blow again, Alex Lane with the two-run home run. How did you evaluate Garrett overall for his performance?
2: I thought he settled in. You know, I, I thought that again. I thought he gave us an opportunity to to stay in the game and without his best stuff. And so we had to kind of switch plans and, and work more off of off-speed as the game went along. And and like I said, he he got into a groove there there for a little bit until that fifth inning came along and. and and gave up two infield hits there in the, in the fifth before we went to Logish, but you know I, I think with Garrett he's just going to continue to get better, and so the more we can get him out in those situations is good.
1: When you go through a game like that, and you had seven pitchers I think used in that game, talk about just the idea of how long this person is going to go. It's all it's all individualized, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it's really individualized, and that's you know where in the in the fall and the early spring we we start building guys into specific roles, and then as the season go, goes along, we start. Figuring out who who fits what role and how long we feel like they can pitch and when they're most effective, but uh, I think that anyone who's followed us they know that when we go to the bullpen it's usually in short stints um, and it, we don't like to leave guys in the bullpen and so that's where you end up seeing a
1: lot of a lot of arms go out there into the game. When you look at the pitchers used in Game One, Ben. Terwill, well, I can't say Terwilliger. his name. Tur Williger. Yeah, yeah, it's it's three <laughs> syllables and there Terwilliger, two. Tur Williger. Well, I, I think in two, third, four strikeouts, uh, he looked good.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, sure did and he's he's an older guy he's a grad transfer from Barry's. you know 23 years old so he, he handled himself the way that we expected him to handle himself and just go out there and, and throw a lot of strikes and and make them move the baseball or, or put them away in the opportunities that he gets but i was i was happy with the way he handled himself in that in that stint and kind of slowed things down for the time being that he was in the game
1: how do you get a guy like Williger to, to come to east carolina
2: well he was he was in the transfer portal so he was a guy that we we you know when we addressed after the end of the last year we wanted to grab one more arm and so he was in the portal and he was at d2 uh barry college there uh and you know had a great year he's an all-american and and had some you know draft rumors and things like that and he was pitching the summer league and, and we ended up just coach palumbo had someone reach out to him and we reached out to him and he loved the culture and the things that we do in our program and and he fits really nicely into into that culture he's an awesome
1: kid and um
2: you know we're excited that he's here
1: all right, when you look at the rest of that game, it's, it, I think it was somewhere in the middle part of the game. You gave up a couple of runs on either wild pitchers or pass balls. I was in the alpha and couldn't tell. and didn't mm-hmm. go back and look at them. But on a situation like that, how frustrating is that as a pitching coach when you give up a run like that?
2: Um, frustrating, yes. Uh, you know that was with Trey Savage, who's a freshman who has really good stuff, and he comes in and his best pitch is his curveball, and so we're uh we're, we're ripping curveballs, and you know a couple couple balls just kicked away, and and not due to lack of effort is just one of those things that you know we just didn't execute the play the way we needed to, and um you know especially with the freshman out there, I'd like to like to see the the balls blocked, but in 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 turn also I think that is good for that that freshman arm who's going to be a big piece for us. To get out there and be in those moments and and see him really go after it with the uh, the intention that he that he had and yeah yeah he fell but he'll be better for it moving forward.
1: Ten two was the final in game one. I think Coach uh, Godwin said it best afterwards. He said it's a great wake up call because you know they came out and played aggressively and and they were more aggressive at the plate. And mm-hmm. obviously you work with the pitchers, but could you see that in your hitters as well? It didn't look like the the pirate baseball team offensively that we're used to seeing.
2: Yeah, you know I think Coach Godwin addressed it already. They yeah. they, they out competed us. Throughout the weekend, and they were tougher, and they got two out hits when they needed them, and they they just were a tougher offense and a tougher team overall. Uh, They made pitches when they needed to, and we didn't. And, you know, that's just kind of how the weekend went. You know, they got the big hit when they needed to get it, and um, kudos to them. They're going to be a very good team in their conference, and I expect them to win a lot of games. They're they're very well coached, and and, uh, I think that they're they're very very solid.
1: Pirates fall in the open at 10-2. So we go to game two, and obviously the Pirates. Really want to bounce back. I think the big bright spot for the weekend was how Jake Cushmaner pitched.
2: Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome, and uh, really pumped for him with that first outing, getting out there, and, and really the thing with him is he he changed speeds and threw a ton of strikes and looked like the Jake Cushmaner that everybody knows and the loves. perfect game, Jake Cushmaner. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know a lot to expect, kid, right. right, but you know I was excited to see him go out there and 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 execute a lot of pitches and early in the game, you know the, Bryant was trying to take away his fastball. So we a lot of off speed early in the game, and as the game went on, they they were more looking for his change up and off speed. So he threw a lot more fastballs later in the game. If guys, you know, if you if you're following the game closely like that, but you know, it was it was exciting to see him just go out and execute a game plan and, and, and be who he is. And, and he's worked really hard, and he's been like that really throughout the fall and the early spring. And so he's just one of those guys. He's a high achiever, and he, he works his tail off for our program. So he de- he deserves success, and I think that he's he's realizing that.
1: I think on the checklist of things that have to go right. He's going to have the season they want. I think his name was right near the top. That He's got to come back to the way that we all know he can pitch, and he did in game one. Uh, six innings pitch, four hits, one run, no earned runs, and he struck out eight. Yeah, yeah, he
2: was, he was great, and he is a huge piece. He's a huge piece from a leadership standpoint. Uh, our guys really look up to him. And so, you know, when you watched him on, on Saturday, he was very composed, but he looked competitive. He looked like he was going after it, and that was, uh, it was exciting as a pitching coach to, to see him do that just because, you know, it, I, I, I can live and die with that guy on the mound whenever he's competing that way.
1: And then when you look at the uh, the rest of the pitching staff for game two, you come back to CJ Mayhew, three innings pitched, and he was the CJ we thought he would be. Yeah, I thought CJ was
2: really good. Um, you know, he walked he walked the guy in his second inning, the leadoff hitter, and then he gives up that triple, and. He was competitive the entire time. He had a ball slip out of his hand that, that threw off the backstop and yeah. that's you know, it's one of those things. That's, that's a fluke. It is. Yeah. It is. It's one of those things that CJ Mayhew's been out there so many times and I don't know that he's ever done that. Right. And it just happened in that moment, you know, and that's that's part of the game. The game is challenging our team right now and, and putting us in situations to see how we handle the adversity and handle, you know, the negative things that happen and uh and, and that's good. I think it's good for us to be tested early in the season and uh, that way we can learn and continue to get better. But I thought C J was great. He's, you know he was patting c j Mayhew you know went out and, and, and was competing his tail off and, and mixing speeds at times and, and throwing his fast forward to his glove side and I, I was really excited with the way he threw the ball
1: so it looked like a pirate victory when Justin Wilcoxen went up to the plate and nailed one to right field. There was all kinds of confusion. Let's take it from your angle. What did you see? And, and you know, h- how did you dissect the thing? If you didn't see it, uh, an umpire, and we'll go in more depth, depth rather than just a second, but umpire called time right before the pitch. Uh, ball was hit out of the park, celebration. You know, they get together. Coach Goblin gets ejected. I mean, it was just a, a a crazy scene as far as that goes. What did you see?
2: Um. Yeah, and again, that's a play that I don't think any of us have, have ever seen. Never. And, and you know, like, we we were d- discussing off air. I don't think the first base umpire was doing it intentionally by no, any no. means, but uh, I actually had a really good view of it. I was I was kind in the media uh, media s- t- side of the dugout, standing right behind Coach Goblin and looking where I could see the first base umpire, the, uh, the the hitter and the pitcher and everything. And so, right before the pitch was made, I saw I saw the first base umpire run up and and start waving his hands, and it was almost you know synced in with when the pitcher started to delivery, and of course Justin hits the ball over the trees and as soon as he did that I'm like oh this is not going to be good this is not going to be good um so I I knew at that moment that there was going to be a problem somewhere in there and uh and Bryant's guys heard him down there at the end of the dugout heard him calling time and and the first base the first baseman did a good job and and, uh you know when it comes down to it he called time and that's the game and that's what was handed to us and uh unfortunately we didn't we didn't move on after that after that situation and still go win the baseball game.
1: Max Stokes was the umpire involved. He's from Greenville, a longtime friend of mine, and really a good guy. And he does a whole lot of stuff around East Carolina with, with different things. Like he helps you guys with scrimmages and that yeah, kind of thing. Sure so, is. I mean, just a really, really good guy. So you know he feels probably worse than anybody in the world. My only problem with the play, and if Mac were here, I'd, I'd tell him the same thing, I think in that situation as an umpire, you've got to sell that. As soon as you call time, you've got to you know, raise your hands up. Start. Don't even look where the ball goes. You've got to be in the back of your mind hoping it didn't go out. But, but you know, you got to be, because if it had been a little squibble at first base and it had been in the out, everybody would have been, oh, time. Yeah. You know, all the Pirates would have said, hey, you called time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's one of those things. But I think in that situation with the way it went down, you know, if you call time, you've got to have both hands up, you've got to start charging, and you don't let the runner, you don't let Wilcoxon go around the bases at all. Yeah. You know, it's dead, you know. Yeah, the, the
2: celebration part, it just it extended too long. Right. You know, I mean, our guys are standing on the on the field and we're having to bring him back into the dugout, and Justin, which I thought Justin handled it really well. Um, he almost did you
1: know, it out the second Yeah, the second he,
2: he ends up putting it together a great at-bat, yeah. you know, and that's an emotionally charged at-bat. I mean, a guy just hits a walk-off home yeah. run, that's called back, and he still is competitive and tough and handles himself extremely well, um, which he really did the whole weekend. Um, but, you know, it's one of those moments that you wish that, what you said happened? Yeah. Where, hey, if if we call time, let, let's run on the field and not let Justin run around the places right. and not let the team on the field and not let everything be thrown on all, all, all over the places and cones put on heads and and all that that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, just get back to the game. But uh, unfortunately, it went the other way, and that's you know that's that's, uh, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, if helmet tossing goes to an Olympic sport, Coach godwin has got shot. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I mean, I, I, it was just one of those instinctive things, but it was. It, it, that's just one of those it's just like a close call out or s- safe you know umpires are taught you got to sell the call mm-hmm. and now with replay you really don't have to sell it anymore because they'll go back and replay it but that is the kind of that's not reviewable right I mean I don't think no there's, no no there's it's, not, it's, not not it's not a reviewable play, play. But you could see on the replay, you know, over and over and over that, you know, the hands kind of went up, and the first baseman was pointing to, you know, to the umpire right away, and it was just one of those crazy things, and, and that's the thing about sports. Every day you wake up and you go to a sporting event, you may see something you've never seen before. Something brand new. And,
2: and, and that that's, certainly was. That's cert- oh, my goodness, yeah. We've been around this sport for a long time, and never seen that... Distinct play before. Yeah. So, hey, that's one thing coming out of the, the weekend. Is, hey, we got to see something that we've never seen before. A walk <laughs> off a home
1: run it's, uh, it's, it's ruled a no pitch for a timeout call. But uh, I feel bad for Mack. He's a great guy, as I said, and just one of those unfortunate things. And, uh, I and just wanted to make sure that Justin still had the one O count. I was like, hey, let's make sure that that's not called a
2: striker. Anymore. Right. And was, that's true. 1 count. Yeah. So let's see if we can do it again.
1: Yeah. And he almost did. <laughs> yeah, he he, he did. sent one to the wall, but the Pirates would uh, fall in that game. 4-3 would be that final. And, and, you know, that's one of those weird games that... Because the guys did bounce back, and the guys did have a little pep in their step, and they fought hard, and they had it and thought they had to win at one mm-hmm. point in the game. So you had to be pretty pleased with how they came back then.
2: Yeah, they, they competed well. I really thought they competed well on Saturday, uh, all the way around, and the ball didn't bounce our way at times. And uh, it, and even yesterday, still competed better, but we just got to execute better. We got to be a little bit tougher, and we got to you know just make it count when it when it matters the most. And that's what this team will do. We will do that moving forward, and we'll continue to get better, and we'll evaluate the weekend, you know fairly and, and, and address the things that we need to address, and, and we will continue to get better. That's the one thing that you know about a Cliff Godwin baseball team, yeah. is that we're going gonna, we're gonna to continue to to work hard on the things that um, is going to make us a good baseball team.
1: When you look down that lineup, I mean, there are some big names that just didn't have very good weekends, and you know they're going to bounce back. I mean, that's just, that's just you know the, their history says that they're going to bounce back. Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, is my guest. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll go through Game 3 from Sunday, and we'll take a look ahead. Coming up next on the Brian the Ryan Bailey Show.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this Monday.
1: East Carolina set to take on the Camels of Campbell coming up tomorrow night down in uh, Bowie's Creek. So we'll talk about that game coming up in just a bit. Let's go to Game 3 now with Bryant and East Carolina. Bryant wins it by the final of 4-3. Jake Hunter got the start. I thought he pitched well.
2: Yeah, he did. And he's the guy that I, I think that Pirate Nation is going to see a lot of and, and going to end up loving. You know, he's a guy that... Um, is very competitive. Very competitive for a young guy advanced with his pitching as far as, uh, you know, four pitches in the strike zone at any point and as composed as any freshman I've ever seen, especially going into that situation where, you know, he's told last week on basically Wednesday that he's starting on Sunday. And I don't think he drew it up as he was be taking the, the Sunday game after us losing two games yeah. in a row. And, and, but the thing is he, he, he was unfazed, you know, it's, it's a low heartbeat and it's a guy that is, is going to be, you know, very good because he just handles himself well on the mound yeah. so
1: you could see that you could see that he really handled himself on the mound and and, and really looked the part you know for mm-hmm. for that sunday start i thought he he looked really good talk about the rest of the uh the outings on sunday yeah so you know
2: we started with jake and then we went to ben uh Triller again and uh did, did well got two quick outs and then we walked the nine hole guy um and then uh he ended up giving up a, a two out rbi in there when we bring um we ended up bring it, he, he, he gave up one and we ended up bringing Ryder in yeah. as well and gave up a, a crooked number there. Um, but after that, you, you talk about Josh Groves. It was good to get him back out there. Uh, he had been dealing some soreness and, and some tightness and you know, we told him at the, at the beginning of the week and he was going to get one inning and I thought he looked good. Um, ball looked like it was really coming out of his hand and he had a scoreless inning. After that, Carter Spivey came in and, uh, I think he struck out the side the next inning, um, and, and was really pleased with him. He's a guy that's been throwing the ball really well in the preseason. And, and like I said he will he will start the game against Campbell um tomorrow. So excited to see what he can do. And then uh Nick Logish came in and had a, a good eighth inning and then and then the ninth inning, you know, played out the way it did, gave up the leadoff double, bring Skylar Brooks in, he gets a strikeout, uh and then bring in a freshman, Merritt Beaker, who's gonna be put in a lot of those situations and, and gets uh, a quick out against the left hander, one of their better hitters. Um and then of course the the wild
1: pitch there directly after that uh scored scored that go ahead run. So mm-hmm. As a young pitcher, do they think about... You know, I know they have to keep the ball down in the zone and that kind of thing. But how much of that as a young pitcher do you, you or do they not worry about it at all? They just go up and, and just throw their pitch that, and they think you know, because it was it was a wild pitch. But I mean, was, obviously, like like C J, it slipped out of his hand the other day. I mean, it yeah, was
2: just, yeah. I, I don't think that Merritt was worried about throwing a wild pitch in that situation. Uh, we we try to train our guys to, to pitch with zero right. fear of those situations. That's what I was really asking. that yeah. happening? Um, you know, really, he's probably just you know so excited to be in that moment. And so he wants to succeed so much that so he probably just did a little bit too much and right. choked it off. And and, and and that's all it takes. It is. It is. 100%. And, uh, Again, I know that it's a negative on the weekend, but it's a situation for that kid as a freshman who's in the, you know, in the spotlight there at the end of the game. He's going to grow from that and he's going to learn from it. and he will, He'll make the pitch the next time. The next time he's out there, he'll make the pitch. You, you just watch because you know I have a lot of trust in those guys and, and, and he's, he's, he's going to be a very good pitcher for us.
1: Now you're on the pitching side of things, obviously, and Coach Godwin said a couple of times this weekend, he's the hitting coach and, and he takes responsibility for some of the struggles there. It just seemed like the Pirates just couldn't get that big hit. I mean, they get a couple of runners on base and they just, just for whatever reason, it just didn't come. And if you think back to last year, how many two out runs did East Carolina score last yeah. year? It was a ton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really what our offense is, is
2: predicated around is that tough at bat and, and things like that. And obviously, this weekend, it, it, it wasn't the best it could have been. And it will get better. It will get better. There's too many at bats that have been had in that lineup. And Coach Godwin does too good of a job of coaching those guys to be tough and, and, and stick to an approach, and they'll get better. They, I think that it, you, you look at it, and it's a multitude of things. It's, it's, it's opening weekend, and the guys are excited, and they're probably pressing a little bit, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll continue to get better, and those are bats, and it, we'll be able to trust those guys in the middle of the lineup that, you know, it just was a weekend where they were not at their best, and we will learn from it and continue to grow.
1: It was almost like there was a lot of pressing on opening day because it was opening day, mm-hmm. and then as the series kept going, there was pressing because, hey, we got Win the game. Right, if we got to get this thing done, and you know, it didn't happen. What was what was the mood like y- yesterday with a with a huddle? Was Coach Godwin talking to the team and, and the team's reaction to what was you know the sweep?
2: Really, it was it was. Um it, it was fine you know it, it's obviously we're all disappointed in the way that it went in the weekend and uh and we take ownership as coaches in that is that we we, we have to just coach better and uh ultimately execute better when it comes down to it but um i think that the, the guys are going to bounce back quickly um that's the thing about being 18 to 22 years old you, you're pretty resilient you, you're not going to hang your head and be down for too long i think they're excited to get back on the field uh and, and play tomorrow against campbell and uh we'll just like i said we'll, we'll learn from it and we'll grow from it and hopefully that our guys know now that hey we're not indestructible we're not invincible we we have to play well you have to play well to yeah. win baseball games at any level you look around college baseball there's a lot of teams that are very good that lost games this right. weekend um and it's, it's a good wake-up call certainly no question definitely a good wake-up call um but at some point in the year we're going to be tested so why not the first weekend
1: yeah It's one of those series, too, that so many, you know, we talked about the home run that wasn't, but so many odd things that happened. Ryder Giles is an an unbelievable talent at shortstop. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And he had a play that he makes 99 and a half times out of 100 all the time. And it just, you know, it didn't happen on that play. Threw threw the ball kind of in the dirt, couldn't get the pick, and cost you there. I mean, those were just odd things that happened. No question. No question.
2: Yeah, it it is unfortunate. And Ryder Giles will pick our pitching staff up and our team up more times than not. like you said 99 times out of 100 um i, I trust that guy with with anything there shortstop he's, he's one of the best in the country and had a tough day you know he yeah. had a tough day and you know the thing about baseball if you play long enough you're going to have tough days yeah. you are um and he will bounce back no question he will but um yeah it, it was it was an interesting weekend there's no question when it came to some of that stuff and
1: uh um we, we'll, we'll keep getting better it's kind of like one of those deals you want to just burn the uniforms and start over you <laughs> can't afford to do that obviously but still you got Plenty of baseball left, what, 53 more games. And it starts with Campbell coming up tomorrow night. And then the Carolina series, two games in Chapel Hill, one in Greenville. Next year they'll reverse that, and you'll play two in Greenville and one in Chapel Hill. So we're looking forward to that. You've got the Keith LeClaire Classic coming up, some good teams coming up in there. So you don't have time to really sit around and feel sorry for yourself. we we
2: better not. If we're feeling sorry for ourselves, we're going to look up and it's going to be a lot worse than it is right now. But they won't. They won't. They're resilient kids, and they'll get right back to it starting tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to seeing us play good baseball tomorrow.
1: Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, my guest. Let's take another commercial break. We'll come back and we'll continue on talking pirate baseball after this.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back. Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, is our guest as we talk Pirate Baseball, Pirates with Campbell tomorrow night, and then the Carolina Series in Chapel Hill on Friday and Saturday, and then back in Greenville coming up on Sunday. When you look at a series like that with North Carolina, you know, obviously, it's North Carolina, and there's something about the Tar Heels, Pirates, Wolfpack, Pirates, I mean, it it gets everybody, you know, players, coaches, I mean, Cliff played in in these series-type things before, so you know about him from your old Miss days with with other rivalries, don't you?
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, rivalries are always exciting to to everyone around. Uh, I think the players, they they see it as an opportunity to compete against people that they grew up playing against just because of the the connections within the state and, and things like that. That's, you know, like you said, back to my old Miss days when we were playing Mississippi State or Southern Miss, it's a lot of guys that you probably grew right. up playing with or or uh or know very well and you get an opportunity it's not like it's not like on the field the, the kids hate each other it's not, it's not like that at all but it is it's an exciting thing for the fan bases and it's exciting competition for sure uh between some some really good programs
1: so how did a mississippi boy like you get to east carolina as pitching coach well cliff goblin yeah. Cliff Goblin. so uh whenever i was at ole miss cliff uh coach
2: was he was my assistant coach he was the hitting coach he was the catching coach i was a catcher so i had him for three years 2012 to 2014, when we went to Omaha, and of course, you
1: got to have some good stories then. Oh, of
2: course, but you know, <laughs> some that you know, I probably can't, job. yeah, yeah. I, I like my job a lot, exactly. so i I've tried to keep most of those to myself, exactly. no, I, you know, I owe I Coach Godwin the world, man, I, yeah. I don't think that I would be here, I obviously I wouldn't be here, right. but coaching and, and doing what I'm doing now, um, without him, you know, he's, he's a guy, you know, I, I, did, I came from a background where my dad's a high school coach and was for 30 years in Mississippi, so I probably would be coaching coaching but coach godwin is really uh the guy that i I give a lot of credit to um within that program who who you know made made me into a man per se you know he toughened me up and uh showed that you can also care about somebody and also give them tough love and bring them along and and you know i've said it on on record a lot but i I, I owe a lot
1: to that guy you know and we're in an age right now that tough love You know, it is given a bad rap. You know, a lot of people, you know, we can't do this, can't do that, but sometimes you need tough love.
2: No question. No question. Again, I I think that, um, it's why a lot of people leave our program and are very successful, um, because we care about them and we coach them and there's some criticism that comes with it. It's all constructive and it's not personal, but it's one of those things where you got to grow up a little bit. You know, you got to grow up in our program and you got to handle your business and it's not just on the field, it's off the field. And, um, I think that whenever you're, you're, Uh, having people that are mentoring you in all facets of your life, like you're just going to grow a lot more. You're not just a piece of the puzzle. You're not a piece of the puzzle to to help us win games. Ultimately, yes, we need to win games, but I see it as a lot bigger than that, and that's not the reason that I I got into coaching. Um, I got into coaching because of the kids and the the impact that coaches had in my life. So, um, yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I agree with what you're saying, and I think that our job as coaches is to mentor these men and show them that we love them and get them. Ready for life. What
1: was it like working with Coach Dietrich for the last couple of years? Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Co- Coach Dietrich, I mean,
2: Dietrich is one of my best friends. Um, and he's a guy that was very successful before he even got here. And He allowed me the opportunity to, to help him, to coach with him. And, uh, the thing that, that I took from Deeds is there's no ego. He let a hard-headed young guy like me just come in and, and he's probably like, this guy, this guy probably needs to shut up sometimes. Um, but he, he allowed me the opportunity to coach and to help with the pitchers. And he didn't have to do that. You know, he could have, he could have been the guy that said, Hey, man, I've got it. You know, I've got, I've got it. With all of his experience,
1: he could have been my way or the highway. No question.
2: No question. But he wasn't like that at all. And that's why I can say, and one of my one of my best friends, um, because of how he handled our relationship, and he was he, he's always the guy that you know he, he had his, his his arm around my shoulder and, and helping me and mentoring me and and the guy that we hang out off the field with our with our families and things like that. So I, I'm super. He got his first win over here at Cal State Fullerton this weekend, eleven yeah. nothing over Stanford. Uh, Big win, yeah, huge win. Yeah. So I, I was I was pumped pumped for him and excited for him and and what he's doing in that program. I I, I know that they're just going to continue to, to get better and, and get back to the Cal State Fullerton of old that was going to Omaha and, and doing those things. Uh, I, I, but the thing that I know about these is he's doing it right over there and he's, he's, he's treating those kids right and, and, and building a, a good culture and a good program.
1: And Coach Godwin said when he was looking for a pitching coach he got a lot of calls from you know, coaches, mm-hmm. head coaches, that wanted to make a change in their life and wanted to come and, and be the pitching coach and, and he stuck with you. And That's got to mean a lot to you.
2: It does. I, I, told you, I told you already, I owe a lot to that guy and it just shows me the, the trust and the loyalty that he has in me um of course i have it right back to him you know there's there's nobody else that i would want to be coaching with in, in the country or no other place that i would rather be um so yeah it's, it's one of those things that I, I i thought that it might happen whenever the opportunity arose but there was no there was no question there no was, guarantees
1: no guarantees that, yeah. no
2: guarantees but right. he called he called me pretty much as soon as deets took that spot and said hey th- this is this is yours i just want you to know that and so uh that that meant a ton to me um and i you know, I I don't take it lightly the opportunity I have to coach these pitchers and and develop them and get them better. But uh, I, super super pumped and you know that's like I said I owe a lot to Coach Godwin.
1: And talking to Coach Palumbo and the Coach Godwin, but they both say that you have a great rapport with with the whole staff. I mean the guys and, and it's really tough, especially as a young coach mm-hmm. because you know you're not that much you know older than they are. Right. But but they have to respect you, which they obviously do. And, and you can't be everybody's buddy all the time.
2: No question. And, and luckily it's, I've been doing this since I you know, since I got done playing. So 22 years old, I was coaching. Um, and I've learned from some really good coaches. You know, I've learned from Mike Bianco at Ole Miss, uh, Chris Curry at Arkansas Little Rock, Lane Burroughs at Louisiana Tech, who who hosted a regional last year. Um, and then, of course, Coach Goblin. And you you have to separate it immediately. You have to separate the the player-coach relationship, but you also still have to be able to connect with those guys and have that good relationship where they feel like they can talk to you and explain things to you. And that's the only way that you really get the most out. of them is if they know that you are you have their best interest and need in in your mind and you guys can work together to to get to the final product uh it's not not everybody's journey is just a a straight a straight line to the top there's a lot of peaks and valleys that go with it and so I, i believe that as long as there's a lot of trust within the players and the coaches and of course respect with that mutually um that those guys they'll get where they need to go
1: I asked this question to Dan Rosell. I remember that. Coach did the same thing. But when you go out to the mound on a visit... I always thought it was like a mechanics thing. Like you see something in the dugout and you say your elbow's going out, flying out, or it's, it's, it's coming in. But th- they both kind of said it's, it's more or less, you know, just to, to it's, it's more mental than it is physical.
2: No question. I don't I don't ever talk mechanics when I go out to the mound. You really can't. You, you can't because, yeah. yeah, then you're you're opening up a big can of worms that you, you start don't know thinking where going go. to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't really ever talk mechanics. And honestly, sometimes we don't even talk about the game. You know, just, hey, tell a joke or something and get see, their mind good off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Something, something to just relax them and get them back into the moment, get them back into the present moment, and, and, and something to keep them thinking positive. Because um, usually in those moments, it's a situation where something stressful is happening. There's guys on base, maybe there's you know no outs or something like that, and you may tell them the situation, but it's it's more about getting their minds back into the positive and present moment, and then learning what they have to do to apply to this situation and uh, and get us out of it and put our best foot forward. So it's not, it, it's never anything mechanical. There's never going to be that whenever I go to the mound. But like I said, a lot of times it's just lighthearted and just, you know, get them back to, to thinking in a positive manner.
1: Do they have coaching clinics that, that have, like, you know, experts on, on you know, mound visits and, and talk about <laughs> stuff like that? I think that would be fascinating.
2: You know, I, I don't think they have anything on mound visits. And I think that everyone's theories are probably a little bit different. You know, I, I definitely don't think there's one way to skin a cat, per se. Right. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, that would be interesting to hear what other people think about that. That um, obviously we we have our ways, but I'm sure there's plenty of different ways around around the country. So
1: yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating to me because when you, you come out, because usually it's it's not you know it's not to come out and say hey, you're doing a great job you <laughs> keep, keep it up. Because <laughs> something's going on, and uh, and usually when Cliff comes out, there's a pitching change yep. going to be made. Mm-hmm. Does he come? He comes out sometimes if he's got an idea, doesn't he? Yeah, usually if he's
2: going out to the mound, it, it may be some strategy, it may be a bunt defense well. situation where he gets the whole the whole group of the infielders to. Together and can, can can communicate with them uh that way we're not just screaming out something from the dugout or whatever just to be a little bit more thorough with some situations and things like that but same same with coach it's never it's not mechanical or anything like that it's hey here's what we got here's what we're going to do and this is going to get us out of this situation that we're in so
1: let's let's get back to work from day one as pitching coach at east carolina how have you enjoyed the role love it.
2: Oh, I absolutely love it. Um I, I love our group of guys. They they're a group that since day one, they have uh they put the work in and there's always been great effort behind what they do and the the mental state has been awesome and they're just a good group to be around. They you know, it's it's uh it's it's a good environment whenever we go into the pitching indoor each day and and uh we kind of set the plan for the day ahead and those guys they go full steam ahead and they execute what they're asked to execute every day. I've really had no problems with any of them. So um, um, I, I love it, and I love getting to work with those guys on a daily basis. It's just, it, you know, it's very enjoyable for me. So
1: you got a lot on your plate now. You got a little baby at home. Yeah, little Deacon. Absolutely. That's a great name, by the way. Yeah,
2: Deacon Timothy Knight at home yeah. with, with mom right now. Uh, six weeks this six this Thursday. Weeks. So uh, yeah, wow. he's, he's he likes to scream in his dad's face a lot. Um, Lefty or righty? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> a little just, early. Probably tie the right hand behind his back and throw <laughs> left handed. I mean, my dad was a left-handed pitcher, so maybe that's in there somewhere. That that but, could uh, be, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not too worried about that right now. He, he doesn't even. He doesn't even really know who I am, much less baseball. So he'll learn uh, quickly. Yeah, he's figuring it out. He's figuring it out. But yeah, he he uh, he loves his mom. He uh, likes to scream in his dad's face as much as possible. Um, kind of like Coach God. Yeah,
1: same yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: then I then I get, <laughs> give give him off the mom for a second, and then get him, get him calm, and then I take him back, and I'm like, Yeah, I got this. I got this it. Is good. That's so.
1: good. You, you'll, you'll be shocked when the season's over, and he'll come up to you. I'll be hitting dingers by then. <laughs> <laughs> because they grow so fast. Well, and we, we
2: can only hope,
1: right? It's really a, really a cool deal. Austin Knight joining us. Let's take another commercial break. We'll come back and then we'll wrap things up with Coach Knight and continue on with this Pirate Baseball season. It starts again tomorrow at Campbell. Back with more after this.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back. As we continue on with Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina. got about 10 minutes or so to go in the show. Let's talk about just the, the individuals a, a little bit. Let me get your thoughts on just how they performed this weekend or if we didn't see them yet, You know what, what they're like. But just uh, go down the list. Let's start with Jay Coochmaner. Yeah, I, again,
2: we'll we'll go back to Jake. Uh, thought he was awesome this weekend. Uh, really, three pitches for strikes and handled himself really well. And, and like we said earlier, is the, the Jake Cuchmaner of, of old per se. But I think that uh, even his stuff was probably a little bit better than it had been in the past. Um, and he he certainly gave us a chance to win that game. And, and here in the you know in the near future, we, we capped him at his pitch count there at 85 pitches this weekend, but got through six innings and and really pitched uh, very well. He works fast too, and that that means a lot for your. D- Defense, yeah, it? I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, it just keeps the game moving, and it keeps it more fluid, and it keeps the defense involved. And as the as the coaching from a coaching perspective, it keeps you. I, I like to move fast. I like the tempo to be good, and so uh, I, I like it when he is on the mound. No question.
1: And that's the worst part. to Get off subject a little bit about replays. You know, I, I just. I just think it takes away so much from baseball that because you slow down and the umpires have to get together and then they have to chat a little bit, then they have to get the sign they're going to go look yeah. at. And then it, it just takes away from the flow of the game.
2: Well, it takes a lot of the human element away from baseball. Right. You know, that's the thing that's always been beautiful about baseball is like there's going to be mistakes. There's right. going to be. And there still is. Yeah, no question. There's right. going to be mistakes from the umpires. There's going to be mistakes all the way around. And when you when you stop it and have to go watch, of course, you want to get the play, the, the play right. You want to get the call right. No question. Um, but those, Replays—they can last, you know, up f- five minutes at times, and it's like, all right, well, let's just, it's just—it's just an awkward time where you're just kind of sitting around and and not much, yeah. you know, not much to do, but sit there and wait.
1: How about Ryder Giles? How do you feel like he did this weekend?
2: I thought he did good. I, mean, I thought he, he pitched the, 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 the way that we expect Ryder to pitch, change speeds, uh, from that angle makes it difficult on hitters and go on both sides of the plate. And, uh, obviously Friday he, he put up, uh, some good numbers. You know, he pitched well on Friday for us and, and got us to the back end of that game. And then yesterday came in and faced two hitters and, and gave up one hit, but, uh, got us out of the inning thereafter. shortly after that. But, uh, you know, vintage Ryder
1: Giles for sure. When you want, when you want the ball to be hit on the ground somewhere, is that, that the idea? Just bring him in. Yeah, he keeps it so low in the zone. Yeah,
2: and he's also a guy that you can count on to to fill up the strike zone. And so they're going to have to go earn whatever right. they get, which is a big piece of it. You know, uh, within our program, we don't we don't want to give up the freebies. We want them to. If they're going to score runs, we want them to earn them. So
1: I'm going straight down the list of earned run averages, and you've got a bunch of zeros. But uh, and some of the guys that have earned runs, they really pitch well. Yeah. So you really can't tell by stats this time of the year. But uh, how about Josh Gross? Yeah, again, I was excited to see Josh out there yesterday. He's a guy that
2: I think that, uh, you're going to look up and he's going to be on the mound a lot for us this spring. Uh, a guy that can run the ball up into the mid nineties. Yesterday it was, it was m- mostly 93, but, uh, you know, a quick inning that he had and, and he's a guy that, uh, I think that as the season progresses, you're going to see him in some pivotal roles. And, uh, the, the thing with him was just making sure that he was healthy and, and confident to get back out there. And, uh, it was a good step forward for him.
1: Sure. Merritt Beaker is a big left-hander.
2: Yeah. Merritt's going to, like I said, he's going to be awesome for us. He He's kind of a, a deceptive look and a really good slider, and uh, came in on Saturday and got a left hander out. And then he came in to face their, their, arguably one of their best hitters in the, in the Woods kid, the leadoff hitter, and got him out on first pitch. And he's a guy that he's going to continue to, we're going to continue to put him out there uh, as a freshman. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he, he uh, reacts and, and responds to what happened yesterday and, and continue to see him grow. Carter Spivey. Yeah, uh, Carter is, uh, I was excited with how he threw the ball yesterday. Uh, his breaking stuff was very good and he's going to get the ball on Tuesday and, and he's a guy that's been in our program for a, a long time now. And I, uh, I'm ready for him to take the step forward and, and continue to grow and continue to, to build confidence and, and be a, a real peace force this year.
1: Will he be like on a 35 pitch? Yeah, count? it'll be short. I, I, well, we'll talk
2: about the, you know, uh, the pitch count. Uh, obviously would like to have him available for, for next weekend and right. also, also Tuesday, but we want to win the game on Tuesday, so if he's rolling, I'm not going to just, you know, rip him out of the game or anything like that, but uh, uh, yeah, we're going to monitor it and see where he's at and see what his effect- effectiveness is, but there's a, uh, I think we'll see a lot of faces tomorrow. What about Skylar Brooks? Skyler is a guy that is competitive and has really come on this year you know, he's a two-way guy for pretty much his entire career and he's battled some injuries, but he's a guy that, um, you know came in yesterday, got a big strikeout, and then uh, on Saturday, the, the, the ball didn't really roll his way, but it, I thought he handled himself well on the mound, and uh Filled up the strikes. Only through eighteen pitches and fourteen of them were strikes. And uh, he's a guy that has developed as much as anybody in the last year as far as just pitching goes. Um, and he's always had a good arm. He's always been a guy that can throw the ball up to you know ninety three miles an hour, ninety four miles an hour. But he's he's developed a good breaking ball to go along with it. And the, and the change up is still coming. So excited for him.
1: We'll skip around a little bit. But um, your thoughts again on CJ Mayhew? Uh,
2: CJ, you know he's he's our catalyst. He's our guy that we want to give the ball to at the back end of the game whenever whenever uh, you know, whenever it's tight or we need, a, you know, some outs, and he's a, he's the most, you know, one of the most competitive guys that I've ever been around, and is an awesome kid to work with, and uh, really threw the ball. Awesome, excluding you know the one the one pitch that he threw off the backstop uh, on Saturday and uh, you know it I, almost I, hit
1: the bull it, it, from it, it <laughs> did it
2: did it, it definitely hit the bull um, it was so weird it was and, you know
1: it, you never see that
2: yeah and you don't see it from him you know right. and uh, just a, a crazy situation but I thought he threw the ball very well as three three innings and, and five strikeouts and one hit and you know uh, he's 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 the guy you know he's he's been that since he's been here at East Carolina and he's he's competitive and you just want that guy on the mound.
1: So. And we did some work with CJ last year with some media training, and he's mm-hmm. really come a long way with that. I mean, he's really done a nice job. At Media Day, he did a nice job. Mm-hmm. And, and for some of those guys, you know, it's, you think they're all used to having cameras and microphones on, but, but you know, some guys, it's a little intimidating. He's, he's done a nice job lately.
2: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. Yeah. A lot of people like to honestly just stay to themselves. Right. Um, but he, yeah, he he has. He's, he's grown a ton as far as his, you know, just his personality. And, and those type of things with with media and um, you know obviously you guys want to talk to him for good reason he's a, he's a heck of a baseball player a heck of a competitor heck I of mean, a competitor I love it. Yeah. it fires me up
1: kind of like Alec Burleson he's always, you always want Burleson in the game you right. know he's going to fight you
2: very similar yeah. uh, I think that CJ is definitely that way um, I think that he would fight him if we let him but we, we don't we don't we don't let him that would be a problem so
1: all uh, right Garrett Saylor's is going to get probably get the start um, Friday in Chapel Hill talk about him a little bit
2: yeah again uh, I want to. See uh, Garrett bounce back from the outing. He's been awesome the entire, really the whole, last eight months. He's been awesome. He's been a sinker baller. He's been very efficient. A guy that could pitch you deep into the game, keep his pitch count low, get, create weak contact. Uh, and I think that we'll see him return to form uh, this Friday. But again, you know, he gave us a chance on Friday to to to, to win the game, um, even without his best stuff. So he's a, he's a guy that you know I trust a ton.
1: Yeah, and after the game, he talked about that a little bit and said, you know, he was a little bit out of his element. That he was trying so hard to do so well, and I think those are the kind of things that, that you look back on and, and they'll, they'll pay dividends as you go down, and they may start paying dividends on Friday. No question.
2: I, I told our pitchers this weekend is that every every team's journey is different and every every race is different for these guys, and Coach Godwin mentioned it's a marathon, not a sprint, but our, our journey is not going to look the same as what the 2021 team was or the 2019 team was, and certainly not the 2020 team with the, with yeah. the COVID year, but it's different every single year, and you have to navigate through different Different things, uh, and you have to handle some adversity, and you got to handle success, which I think is just as important as handling when you're when you're succeeding and not getting overconfident, and cocky, and not and not going about your business the right way. Um, but I, I told those guys that every every team's journey is different; and it's going to look different for all you guys. So you got to just trust the trust the, the the story and trust your process of what you're doing, and we'll end up where we need to be based off of that.
1: And Kuchimane, we talked about a lot. How about Jake Hunter? You talked about him a little bit, but he uh, he just looked the part of a Sunday starter out there.
2: Yeah, very mature. There was a ton of strikes, and I think that's, you know, he he's obviously given our hitters a ton of fits in the last uh, six, seven, eight months. Um, but he's a guy that, he's not going to beat himself. He's going to go out there, he's going to fill up the strike zone uh, with four pitches. He's going to be confident on the mound. He's going to be competitive on the mound. Um, really, you know, really advanced in that in the mentality standpoint from a freshman um and so that's i'm excited for him just get him out there and and let him and let him work and go through it and um that's an awesome opportunity for you know within our program to have a true freshman starting on the weekend It's, it's great for for his development
1: if there's one thing that you want to tell your entire staff that we've got to do better at this going forward what would it be uh two out walks yeah. Two out
2: walks, yeah. That, I think that was the catalyst uh, yesterday. We walked too many guys with two outs, and you know it's something that we've talked about a lot. And uh, but you know it's something that we, you got to learn and, and grow through, and uh, and then just keep just keep plugging away, keep the process going, stay positive, uh, be positive with everyone around you, uh, and keep working hard, and uh, and we'll, we'll like I said, we'll we'll get where we need to go.
1: And I would say offensively, what Cliff will tell those guys, and I think it was the uh, the slogan last year, toughness over talent. Mm-hmm. I think all those guys. Have talent, and I think that this weekend he was kind of like, "Hey, you know, we got to show how tough we can be." Yeah. And that those at bats, and that Bryant came to town, and they they were more aggressive.
2: They were, they were tougher yeah. than us. There's no question, and that's the pill as a coaching staff, especially at this program, is it, tough to swallow. But when you you look back on the weekend and you evaluate, and they just were tougher. They they made the pitches when they needed to. They got the hits when they needed to. They were aggressive uh, all the way around, and so it, it was one of those things that you, you look back and it's like, well, we need to get back to that. Uh, we need to be tougher. We need to be tougher on the field. And we need to play our brand of baseball.
1: Nothing that'll sweep over the Tar Heels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, we got
2: Campbell first.
1: So. That's right. Got Campbell first and then North Carolina for three. But Austin Knight, pitching coach at East Carolina, joining us for this hour. We certainly appreciate your time and uh, wish you the very best of luck. You're a young coach, but you're kind of like, I said this to Cliff early on, you're kind of like Cliff was when he was a young assistant coach You know, growing up. We knew he was going to be great, and he left here and went through the ranks with you know, Ole Miss and Notre Dame. Anyway, all the places he went to, Central Florida, and you're kind of the same way, a young coach and ready to go. I'll take that. I'll take that compliment. Yeah. I appreciate
2: that. Obviously, he's been extremely successful, so uh, I appreciate you saying that. And, um, he'd probably tell you he's better than me, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Final, but,
1: uh, qu- final question. What's uh, Deacon's pitch count right now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't know what a baseball
0: is yet.
1: <laughs> but he'll find out very soon. Find out very soon. <laughs> Austin Knight joining us. That is our show for this Monday. Pirates have camp- coming up on Tuesday night, the North Carolina Friday, Saturday, and then back home against North Carolina on Sunday at Clark LeClair Stadium. We'll, of course, see you at the ballpark for that. Uh, I want to thank Austin Knight for joining us today, we'll see you back here next week on The Brian Bailey Show. This is
0: the- Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, the Gavigan Agency, Pepsi, Seared Chophouse, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on
1: Pirate Radio.